0: Caught Offside with Andrew Gunling and J.J. Devaney. Oh, yes. Caught Offside from the Upper West Side of Manhattan. Andrew Gunling and J.J. Devaney. What's up, brother? I'm just so stressed. Absolutely
1: stressed. The international break is not a break from anything. If anything, it is a new and more uh, just basically patriotic level. Of anxiety, worry, fear, I go from a another abject U.S. men's national team performance, a slightly better abject. If you can, can you have better abject? Don't think yeah, you can. No, there's degrees of abject, right? Slightly less abject performance against Saudi Arabia, but bad in its own way. I'm mm. a bit depressed off that. I can't find the Ireland game because it's on Vix Plus which is the Spanish-speaking language app, or it's on Fubo. Either way, Jay just putting his hand in his pocket for maybe, I would say at best, 25, 30 minutes of football left. But Ireland are leading 2-0 until they're not. In a mad, like, three minutes, they concede two goals. They're tying 2-2 n- at home to Armenia. And then they get a late penalty. And I just, I come into the studio here, studio here excited to talk to you, excited to be to be in your company and talk football, but also stressed. There's no, there's no international
0: break. No, no, they got to find a new, a new thing to call it. International ramping up of agita. Well, and it's, I mean, it is really ramping up now. That's it. That's it, everyone. Well, it's it. There I, are no more friendlies. Although Saudi Arabia
1: have decided to squeeze in six. I was listening to the commentary. They're going to have six more games before they, they kick off. Like, Good talk, for them, man. Talk I, about I wish, preparation.
0: I wish the U.S. could. I mean, I've seen a lot of other teams scheduling Ugh. friendlies right before the tournament. Um, I mean, that's a tough squeeze with guys who are going to still be returning from club play. I don't. As far as I'm concerned, we've seen it now. This is it. The only
1: person who came out of this game optimistic was Jenny Taft, because <laughs> on the sideline, she she just had the the sunniest intro to a question to Greg, uh, whereas back in the studio. Alexi
0: Lalas was on on full scale uh, doom watch. I mean, it's amazing. Like, you know what they say about how if you're on an airplane, um, like, you know, if you're a nervous flyer and there's turbulence, go look at the the flight attendants and see how they're behaving. Because, like, <laughs> if they're calm, then you're good. Right. If they're panicking, it's panic time. Yeah. Because they've seen it all. So I'm trying to think of like, okay, who are my bellwethers? Flight, who are my flight attendants? Right. On this. Ride to the World Cup. And so, I mean, all throughout my life as a, as a U.S. soccer fan, or my, like, more matured life, my grown-up life as a U.S. soccer fan. Your child's life. Men in Blazers have kind of served as, like, flight attendants for all of us. Like, they've, they've kind of guided a lot of American soccer fans through all these big moments. They certainly have. The men who wear jackets have never,
1: ever—they uh, they have a following that has just endured.
0: Right. And so, like, when—if they're panicking— Then I start to worry, because usually they're kind of the silly, uplifting presence that kind of makes us feel good, even when maybe we shouldn't. I saw this tweet from them tonight. This is after a friendly, mind you. So depressed tonight. We have all ached for this World Cup for eight years, to enter it so flat with the collective so much less than the sum of the individual parts and the PFOC issue overshadowing it all, not even a Michael Sheen pregame speech to get hyped about. Hot mess. Well, That's the flight attendant.
1: Well, I'll get to Sheen later, but he needs to stop. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, so, so just to follow with your analogy, and it is a grim analogy, but I'm going to take it, take it a little bit further. <laughs> if the plane is in difficulty... And you can see worry on the flight attendant's faces. Yeah. But the head flight attendant, the one who's in charge outside of the pilot, has decided to mix cocktails and do cocktail tricks right in front of
0: everyone with this smile. What would you say to that? Uh, Maybe we're okay then? Or maybe they've just made their peace with God and they're going to go down smiling. Because today, during the
1: midst of that poor, poor showing from the U.S., and I don't overstate it, I saw Greg Berhalter do an unnecessary two-yard bounce pass behind his back. And I thought, not now, Greg. Not now. How about you don't do that? How about you just focus his...
0: on what's in front of you, you nincompoop? It's like he's become very aware of, of the aura of Greg. Well, and it... part of that aura includes behind-the-back bounce passes. No,
1: no. What he said, what he's doing is, listen, if, if this isn't going to work out, I'm going to save the brand. <laughs> And the brand is we me wearing some kind of Nike Air whatevers, Jordan whatevers, and bouncing the ball behind my back. I'm being facetious. By he, the way, in the
0: analogy, he's flying the plane.
1: Yeah, I know. I should have said that the pilot comes out with maracas and <laughs> <laughs> starts dancing.
0: Right, or he's doing loops. Yeah, you know, yeah, we're, yeah.
1: We're having fun. You ever see me do my handstand? <laughs> Oh, oh, God. By, by the way, I take back what I said. He's not he's not an income poop. But today, no, I, no, did, no. I did not want to see any of that in the sideline.
0: So we'll, we'll talk about that. Because I actually, I know you're, you're, like, you probably aren't thinking that there's any kind of method to that madness. That that's, it's brand protection, as you put it, <laughs> in terms of Bearhalter doing the behind-the-back bounce pass. I actually do wonder if they're, to hear him after the game, I do wonder if some of that stuff is calculated. Okay. We'll talk about that. Um, we'll go through this. We'll go through the lows, some of the other lows, and more lows. And then we'll get to some of the highs. Um of, I did my of own. sort of
1: where we're at. Ignored your rundown. Did oh, my own. That's... So now I'm flicking between the blank rundown. Of I do I understand. Yours. That's
0: two shows in a row where I've I've sent you a rundown and you've chosen to disregard it. Because what, when, when who I'm am in, I doing this for? Because
1: when I'm in the midst of it, man, I'm like one of those uh, those poets. Like the line comes into my head and I just got to scribble it down. So I'm there with a notepad watching these games. I don't need your structure, man. Holding me back. Well,
0: guess what? I'm freestyling. We're going to utilize my structure. All we have is the structure. If not for that, we're lost. Let's start. Um, I mean, look, if you were, the time of reassurance may have already passed. <laughs> But if you were looking for something today... <laughs> Only you can deliver that line.
1: This is like your bright future line.
0: If- <laughs> the time of reassurance has passed. I mean, imagine. We're in it now. It's
1: It's like the start of a terrible presidential speech,
0: my fellow Americans. The time of reassurance has passed. Right, like if an asteroid was... <laughs> if oh, we're, yeah on track for earth you know that asteroid that would, that would how this that's how the speech would begin yeah if
1: if it went wrong with nasa the other day when they were trying to crash that uh that what was all that by the way Let's see could they break it up i mean that was just a test run yeah, right yeah right
0: but imagine or is that what they're just telling well, us well it wasn't on course to hit us okay yeah but imagine, I got weirdly nervous when I saw that. Because you're like,
1: oh my god, they're going <laughs> to knock it into our path, and then the president would come out and he would say, "My fellow Americans, the time for reassurance."
0: Or like they're passed. gonna they're gonna blast that asteroid into like billions of tiny pieces, but like one of them will hit me. Like one of the small pebbles will find its way to me.
1: My fellow Americans, in the case of something that was innocuous, we've made it much much worse.
0: The time for reassurance, in your mind many of your minds for this US team may have already passed oh, with the 2-0 loss to Japan but if but if you were hoping okay we can still if we go out there and and you know put 3 by them um, maybe we can take some good feelings out of that and into Qatar well i'm here to tell you that that did not happen no sir uh, sam steshall on twitter afterwards Alarming performance, incredibly concerning window, some decent moments early, but the U.S. was mostly out of control and sloppy in a frantic nil-nil draw for Saudi Arabia. Injury to Reyna, a worry, Pulisic's exit, a real question, roster doubts abound, no momentum into Qatar, bleak. He speaks for a lot of of U.S. soccer fans out there today. And J.J., again, another flight attendant on this plane. I'm going to read this quote to you. You try to tell me who said it afterwards. Okay. Quote, there's no buzz going into the World Cup thinking, man, we're going to get out of the group and do well. Really kind of a frustrating window for the players, coaching staff, and fans at home.
1: Um, Max Bratos
0: That was Clint Dempsey afterwards ah, on FS1. No. That was Clint Dempsey using the words, there's no buzz going into the World Cup thinking, man, we're going to get out of the group and do well. We need the Nagador. I mean, these are oh, the people who are supposed to be assuring us in some way. So again, what I said to U.S. Soccer Nation the other day, I will say it again. If you are a U.S. Soccer fan out there who is genuinely concerned after this and you've got someone in your ear telling you it's only a friendly, stop, stop. What are you worried about? No, you're not alone. We're all a little worried coming out of this. And so with that in mind, JJ, I mean, look, we've done this exercise countless number of times. But like we said before, it's it. We're in it now. The friendlies are done. The next time we see this team play, it's the real deal. So the time for like real evaluation is is upon us. Now, at some point, we'll probably do a group thing, and I'm sure – I mean, I say this. Guess what, everyone? We're probably going to evaluate this team a billion times between now and when they kick the ball off. But nevertheless, this is one of those moments where it calls for evaluation. Uh, So let's do it with the negatives first. What coming out of this are, for you, the biggest concerns with the team?
2: Ooh, Where to begin? Where to start?
0: I mean, if you want to collect yourself, I'm ready. I, I. No, yeah, actually, go ahead. So, and we'll cover a bunch of them, but I'm going to go in a slightly different direction. For what people are used to, because we've we've spent a lot of time talking about oh uncertainty at goalkeeper. I actually don't feel that way right now, although I don't know what Greg's going to do when everyone's healthy. Well, but-
1: you're hoping that him saying that Turner playing fine against Japan was just, just a, a slip of the tongue, just a word he used, because Turner was magnificent against Japan, let's be honest. But
0: Greg wants a keeper with feet.
1: I, so we'll I didn't have to see. Well, but at, at does, any rate. does he want a centre back with feet? If I was to sum up today's game in one moment, it would have been Walker Zimmerman shanking a fifteen yard pass to Joe Scally, putting ahead of him out over the sideline, and then stamping his feet in total frustration with himself. Right.
0: So we've talked. You know, we've done the goalkeeper thing. Yeah, we the can't do that there. anymore. We, we've done the centre back thing, certainly, and that there might still be more with that. But I'm sorry, JJ. Like, we've got we've got to look up the field right now and look at this team like there is not a coherent attack here and you cannot win in this game if you are not scoring goals now Mm -hmm. i'm gonna i'm gonna run through a few things with you um in this window two shots on target over 180 minutes zero goals the u.s men's national team jj failed to score a goal from open play in eight of its 12 games in 2022 failed to do so in its last three the U.S. scored a total of 18 goals this year. Okay. Ten of them were from open play. Eight of those were against Grenada and Panama. And eight were from dead ball situations. The United States' JJ failed to score in its last three matches versus teams that are qualified for the 2022 World Cup. Seven games this year against teams qualified for the World Cup, and they only, score, uh, they only scored in one of the previous six. That was the 3-0 win over Morocco. Right. This team is not scoring goals. And it was a problem during qualifying, and it's reared its head once again.
1: Right. Can I bring you back to, to the midfield? Okay. okay. So, and, and, to, and to our fullbacks. So today, if you'll notice, there was a lot of, because of the high line that Saudi Arabia played, play that long diagonal to DeAndre Yedlin, who's going to give you the width. Mm-hmm. Now, DeAndre Yedlin is not the starting fullback on this team in that position. How many times did that ball find the Andre Yedlin in an advanced position, in a good position? The cross never came. Or it was cut back twice, if I remember correctly, to Weston McKinney, who just took... A, another thing is his horrifying touches and his inability to keep a hold of the ball in the last two games. And, and it petered out. Look at the midfield. Something that came out of the Japanese game was a tweet about some of the stats that you're looking for from, say, like Weston McKinney about a midfielder. Passes attempted, uh, pass completion, progressive passes, these are not good areas for him. Mm. They're, uh, if you look at Tyler Adams, better passes attempted, uh, 81 percentile, pass completion, 75 percent percentile, better. Progressive passes received, not so good, but better. And Eunice Musa in that area, uh, progressive carries dribbles very good so the the midfield is not what we thought it was in terms of advancing that ball into that area so you can have Gabriela Batastuta up front like we, we uh, Jesus Ferreira today got a lot of flack for only having what combined 12 or 13 touches no well Ricardo Peppi. excuse he, me he, he, held, he had Pepe. 13
0: touches in, a, in roughly what was it 60 something minutes my bad exactly. Ricardo Pepe yeah, yeah.
1: It doesn't matter. He's not going to, get, he got no service. You could have played Sergeant up there. You could have played PFOC up there. There was no service. It wasn't happening. We weren't working the ball through the channels in, in, in any coherent fashion. And when we did, it was cut out or it broke down. So that is the problem there. It's
0: not just about the attack, it's about what's servicing the attack. Of course. But that's part of when I say coherent attack. That's all of it. Wait, well, that's the whole thing. Yeah, so I'm not just talking about a number nine. So I do think it improves
1: if we when we get certain key players back in, and we know sure. who they're. Ant- Anthony, Rob, um, Anthony Robinson, Jedi, oh, absolutely. So, oh, so th- those do things get those things can get better, but it was concerning because I looked at those stats that I read there about you know the ball progression and 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 things like that for for Adams and for McKinney. They should still be better at that. Or McKinney, in particular, yeah, um Adams seems to have to do a lot of firefighting and a lot of work in recovery. we
0: well, that's one of the things that you wonder when they actually have a full squad if they ever do I mean, I don't know what that means, full squad, but you know, do they go with that double pivot with Adams and Musa both playing in kind of a deeper lying role that allows you know maybe Adams doesn't have to do all that work by himself, um, maybe he'll have someone next to him helping. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what it'll look like if Greg has more of his key guys at his disposal. Um, While we're talking about the attack, Jenny Taft spoke to Greg Bearhalter after the match. Uh, He said not a lot of clarity on that number 9 position.
2: It was tough. It was tough. I mean, Jesus came on and got a couple chances. It was tough for Ricardo. He didn't get much service. He didn't get many chances. So, you know, it's really hard to evaluate players when they're not getting opportunities.
0: (laughs) Well, that's that's not great. But that is true. I know.
2: It was
1: the same way I felt about Sargent coming in against Japan. It's like, this is this is kind of pointless, really. He, he ran around, he, he was busy, but nothing happened up front. The ball wasn't progressed. We're not moving the ball. One of the issues that I've seen as well over the last two games, and it was something certainly that you saw in the home games, maybe not the away games, but the home games in qualifying, was that we tended to, you know, we're a side that keeps, or we look like we're a side that keeps the ball a bit better than we used to. But that's, that's not the case. That's just and sometimes we look better in transition, but over these past two games, not nothing. Like no. m- moves breaking down at inception.
0: Uh, do they need a false nine? Do they need somebody like Pulisic in that position who can go into the midfield and and take the ball? I mean, may, we're talking about these Pepe and and Ferrera, whoever, not getting opportunities, not getting chances because the ball's not making its way to them. Do you need somebody who's more equipped to go back and get it? Rather than a guy like that who has to wait for it,
1: I don't know, but I I think if you looked at uh, Pulisic's performance today, you would have said this is a guy who's just lacking minutes and lacking time. And I think it was I think it was Max Bredos made the point on Twitter, and it kind of feels true. Well, that there's a lot of the club frustration spilling into his into his national team play.
0: Well, that kind of came up not not by name, but somewhat worryingly in, in this interview that Greg gave after the game. Um, confidence was a word that he talked about with guys didn't name players by name but here's some of what he had to say about uh, some of that stuff
2: I think it was improved I, I still think we're, we're not as confident as I'd like um, we're playing tentative and um, you see like the connections to just they're not there like like we'd want um, the effort was great today the intensity was great especially at the end of the game you know we kept pushing kept trying to trying to score so You know, I I can't fault the effort, but we we need to keep improving. A little more from Greg on the
0: confidence thing.
2: I think in general, um, you know, it's nervy times. People are worried about being on the roster or not, and um, it's a difficult moment. But um, having said that, we just need to go out and play together. And so, you know, it's still the confidence isn't there yet, but we'll get there. Yeah.
0: That's worrying, and th- and then the- Jenny Taft she closed out by just saying, "What's so? What's your message to the team after this?"
2: Well, now it's okay. This camp is done, and when we get to Qatar, um, you know, uh, be at ease, right? This is the team. The team's not changing after that, and um, we need to play our game, play with confidence.
0: It's clear this is this group for whatever reason at this moment in time is really tense and really tight. That's why when you mentioned the behind the back thing, like I wonder if he's just trying to do stuff. To, to loosen, keep to not, loosen the mood, that no, maybe he knows that's a thing in this locker room that they make fun of him about or something. Like he just needs to do things, like you said. F- what do you say? Please flipping drinks in the hallway. Yeah, in yeah, the yeah. aisle? You know, that's He's come out with the maracas, right? And like a
1: feather boa. It,
0: it might be that might be what he sees his role as right now is to be a guy. Okay, yes, tactically and, and lineups, I got to get that right. But I need to keep this group. I need to lighten the mood right now because this group is
1: tense. So, so I'm torn between two things on on the tension. Playing in front of an empty stadium with, with Greg being relaxed himself, surely that is a relaxing thing. There's only a handful of Americans in the stand and no opposition supporters. so
0: Yeah, but a weird atmosphere. I don't know. Weird, Does that help or hinder?
1: Weird. Maybe it hinders, but it shouldn't make you tight. Now, And the other part of me says, well, wait. When they go to the World Cup, they'll have the eyes of the world on them. And actually, because of the... the the intensity of that moment and, that, and, and how hyped they'll be—they'll be a better team immediately. I think they will be a much better side in terms of bringing aggression, bringing passion, the intangibles in that World Cup opener because it's here, you're there, yeah. the game is afoot. And but another part of me says, well, if they're tight now, what are they going to be like for the opening game? Yeah. I, so I, I don't know which way to go with. I that. tend
0: to. Maybe this is the optimist in me. I tend to think the first thing that you said. That like this this has been a long like slag to the to get to this point. Yeah, it has. You know, with lots of different lineups slog. and the, slog. That's yeah. right, slog. Different lineup changes, guys hurt in and out. You know, you can even go back this is an eight year process, not just a, a four year one. Um and so, you know, they might just be done with this and just like ready for the real thing. Uh and, I, can't, I, can't, right. I can't
1: see Brendan Aronson, who I believe will start that opening game, not turning up and being like a live wire. The important thing is to get the ball to him. That's that's the whole thing. Um, I can't remember who tweeted it. I just consumed so much today. Forgive me, guys. But he said, whoever it was on Twitter, was it he? I'm pretty sure said that uh, I long for the days where Bob Bradley, even with a more limited squad, realized the most important thing was to get the ball to Dempsey and to Donovan. And that is key. It's to get the ball to those advanced players who can who can do what needs to happen. And if you starve them, it doesn't matter who you have at centre-forward. Um, Ryan O'Hanlon, who works for this parish, uh, he tweeted, The striker spot is a real tough call for the US men's national team. Do you want Jesus Ferreira who gets shots but also misses some of them, or all of the other strikers who never shoot. So that's him looking at the stats and saying that in terms of a centre-forward, a number nine who shoots, uh, Jesus Ferreira is the way to go. I don't know how we feel about that. I am just generally kind of concerned in the the fall-off of... Because you, you could see at times in qualifying and in other games, and I know the opposition hasn't been of the highest quality, but you could see how difficult that front three for the US are. Now, we're not operating at full tilt here. You know, there's no way. Um, Pulisic only came in for this game, unlimited minutes for his club. So that gives me, I know we're going to get to the optimistic part of it, that gives me reason to believe that this will be better come the big day.
0: Before we get to the optimistic part, did you have any other... I mean, there are other concerns. Whether or not we need to go through all of them, it's up to you.
1: Um, I, I think
0: uh, a concern for me is that Scally won't be on the plane, and he should be. He came on today. He was. There weren't many bright spots, but his cameo appearance was one. A
1: marked Im- improvement from DeAndre Edlin, but Edlin gives you that ex- experience of being at a tournament before, albeit eight years ago.
0: Read into that. What you think, does that matter? I'm not so sure. Um it's funny though because Yedlin is almost like the case study for why you bring so like remember in 2014 there were people who saw him included on the squad and thought huh that's interesting and then next thing you know he's on against Belgium and he's locked down Eden Hazard for a game and it's like oh this guy like he got his chance a young player got his chance and he made the most of it and now like could that could that be a guy like Scally who didn't play a huge role in getting to this point, but now here we are, and maybe, uh, maybe, yeah, it could be
1: him. Errant passing from the center backs is a, is a note I've made. Even McKenzie, who came out and was infected
0: with this, you know, he he and he had a bad giveaway too.
1: He had a bad giveaway against Japan, that led to a chance, and he has had another one now mm-hmm. against Saudi Arabia, which uh, Turner made a very solid save from. You can't have that. No, I mean, so. they,
0: you know, once again, the Aaron Long pass that's kind of gone semi-viral i would say at this point it's not i mean it, it, it horrendous just not not good not and you know you see stuff like that and it can't happen it, right and and that's when like i can see greg saying we're tight we're yeah. like that's those we're feel forcing like it they're thinking too much about things that should be coming naturally to them i don't know uh, uh, mls buzz
1: had a i know you love that account had a yeah, at a tweet, uh, U.S. men's national team in games outside of the USA since last October, seven hundred and twenty minutes. That's eight matches. Two goals scored. That's a goal every six hours. Nine goals conceded. So that that to me, we're going to be on the road. Qatar is on the road, guys. Uh, and 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 that for me is that we don't have the home comforts that we that we accrue, be it the crowd or just being being on U.S. soil.
0: Every time I saw in the stands tonight, because they had the, the, the writing of Real Murcia, I look at it and think, well, it kind of looks like Murica. Maybe that could trick them.
1: I love how you're using just whatever angle you can possibly take for optimism here.
0: Are we doing the positives now? Well, let's take a break. Ugh. Okay, we'll collect ourselves. We'll think. We'll think hard on what those positives are. And we'll come back and we'll present them to you. All right, so let's do that. Still more caught offside to come. Don't go anywhere. And back again here on Caught Offside. You know, it's a shame because, like, it's not to say that I'm not excited about this World Cup. I mean, of my course. God, I don't. Even, I, I shouldn't even have to tell any of you that. But like, you think of some of these moments along the way. Like remember JJ how the US qualified? It was they kind of backed in mm. against Costa Rica in an ugly performance. And then like so it was hard to be quite like remember that podcast was like a little more tepid I think than we thought it would it would have been it was. considering how much juice we had for just the idea of qualifying. Yeah, it
1: was it, it was a lukewarm juice.
0: Right. And like tonight like okay so that happened now but like now here we are tonight, the last friendly. like this is kind of a date that we had earmarked for a, a while now is like this was this is the final one before the real thing. And like imagine how we'd be feeling right now if like maybe we beat Japan one nil, even that, like any kind of win there and then come out tonight and th- maybe a three nil, something like that. like we'd be up and a reason for like real momentum and excitement going into ah, this we're two wily old
1: campaigners, Andrew we would
0: be feeling much different.
1: If we had played the way we had for 20 minutes and scored two goals towards the end of this game, it would put a glass on it, but no more than that. No
0: more. Glasses up the
1: brim of the nose. Pushes the glasses up, stares into the distance.
0: Um, so the positives, I mean, you've kind of touched on the, the big one, which is Guys key, to come key players were not here for this. Uh, it's a phrase we've uttered many, many times on this show reasons versus excuses, um, especially from the injury perspective. I mean, look, you can tell us that we're just making an excuse. I get that to a certain extent, especially against Japan. I don't care, like we said the other day, I don't care who was or wasn't there. Being dominated was not, that was not a reasonable outcome for that game, no. reg- regardless of any of that. Um, but this team not looking like the team that we want them to be. And you look at the players and some of the names that are missing. I mean, I don't think it's crazy to say that that's that's a reason that they aren't up to you know up to par right now.
1: I agree with you. Um, the The personnel that have got us here and the you know for like Jedi, it's very hard to imagine if if you were to think of the qualification campaign and and the good parts of it. He's key to all of them. so He comes back in, I think that raises things as well. We we can just name players and say, oh, well, we're going to be better when these guys come back as well. But I, I want to go back to something that I, I mentioned already and, and this is my main reason for optimism. If you look at the the competitive nature of the last two games, and I mean competing for second balls, winning tackles and physicality, mm-hmm. that is all... Absolutely, I would say that part of the game is guaranteed from the US when they when they play in the World Cup. It has to be They're prerequisites. Are, we we the parlance of earning the right to play that's come out of football. It, it's it's almost a cliche now, but it's true. And we have not seen that in the past two games. You can't you can't tell me that you're you're not going to see that now against against Wales or Iran or England. I just. The games themselves will bring an enormity, and will bring those things to the performance.
0: I mean, if you think of some of the key players for this team, some of the qualities that you would describe a Polisic or an Aronson with are these guys are aggressive. They're they're after it. Uh, so I would tend to agree with you. And that that is my main.
1: I, I it's too late now for for structural issues to revamp the midfield to do anything of that nature. What we got now is what we're going with, and it it can work. We've seen it work. We just have to make sure that the deficiencies in the side, the things that we're worried about, can be covered for.
0: Yeah. But and, I, and like a, a name, by the way, that kind of flies under the radar. Like we talked a lot about Robinson not being there, Musa not being there, and you know how important that is to the structure of this team and just how they how they want to play in general. But like, I forget the stat, JJ, but I, I certainly remember talking about it back during qualifying. Do you remember how many? It was like six of like the U.S.'s last seven goals at one point during qualifying. Tim Weah had some kind of hand in whether yeah. he scored it or assisted or the one that it, I feel like should have been his goal but it was, went down as an own goal. Like he, he's important too. So like that's to me. I don't know. I don't want to sound like a, an apologist, but we're talking about guys who are who are vital to this team.
1: Oh yeah. Also, it's tournament football. You're you're going to be against teams that are going to have, they're going to have knocks, they're going to have injuries, they're going to have worries, their own fears, their own, like, it's, and it's a one-off game. Each game is its own mini-final of sorts. It's, it's a different vibe. It's, it's completely different the last two games and I hope that the spirit of that and that the, the intensity, the good intensity that, that, that brings is going to raise the level for the US team. I know. This sounds like we're we're grasping at straws here.
0: Not yeah, a, we are. There's not a lot of tangible. Right. There's not a lot of tangible stuff here. You want to see grasping at straws? I got grasping at straws. Go ahead. So, like, it's hard to know exactly how much these tune-up matches before a major tournament matter, right? I mean, like, is this necessarily indicative on what future performance will be? Okay. I don't know. France won the World Cup in 2018. Their last game before that tournament, you might remember, was against us, yeah. which they drew 1-1 when Kylian Mbappe scored a late equalizer. Hmm. Dou- Don't recall. I, I remember French fans, I believe, booing their team off the field at halftime of that game. A month later, they were hoisting the trophy. Uh, Germany in 2014, in their final window before a World Cup that they went on to win, they did smash Armenia, but they drew with Cameroon. I'm sure German fans were a little concerned after that. Portugal before they won 2016 Euros, they smashed Estonia, fair enough, but they lost to England in one of their last in the last window. So, is it indicative? I don't know.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, we regret to inform you there is a straw shortage
0: due to the grasping of one man on the upper west side of Manhattan. I just think it's important to lay out all the facts.
1: You're so greedy with the straws now. Like you, you haven't just grasped them. I have all you're the clutching them to your bosom. You're nursing the straws. Mm. You, you're not giving up the straws. These are mine. Yeah,
0: just laying them out. Yeah, I just want to. You just that named out
1: there. some of you know the most dominant teams in the history of world football. Yeah,
0: we know them to be that now. <laughs> but like, but but we, in that moment when the U.S. tied France one-one before the World Cup, I mean, we knew France were good. They were still a lot of people's favorite. But there were French fans that night who were furious. With that performance, that thought this is not a team that's going to do what we think they're capable of doing, and they did. What and they you, did.
1: What do you think, Rob Page thought uh, as he watched in Mercia today? I don't know. Probably think we'll be all right, lads. I, I mean, look. Or will 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 he? I mean, will he just be like, hey, it's one of those?
0: Well, what have they been doing? I mean, didn't they just?
1: I have. Um, I got to look up at. A, What have they been up to? Yeah. I mean, they haven't been tearing up any trees, I don't believe, but uh, let's have a look.
0: Tell him to mind his own business. That's what I would say to him. You worry about your team.
1: I mean, they lost to Belgium. Well, no shame in that, I suppose. (laughs) 2-1. It's a bit different. In a Nations League, in a competitive game.
0: A couple other positives. I mean, look, you all know how I feel about Matt Turner. I thought he was good again tonight. Um, You know, didn't have to make any saves that were extraordinary, but he does his job. Like it it feels like that that brainless moment that sometimes you get from a keeper. You don't really get that with him. He's like he's going to do his job. He's going to if the ball can be kept out of the net. There's a pretty good chance he's going to do it. So again, pleased with his performance. Thought it was thought it was good.
1: How I mean how much longer are we going to use Matt Turner? I mean he's been the shining light uh, from this from these two games. Well, he really it's, has. it's especially silly him because it, Ab- he
0: may not start. So God, it, it I, might
1: I I think that would be an absolute even if Zach Steffen continues now to play for Middlesbrough right through to the World Cup, I think that it would be a mistake to go away from Turner right now. We, You've got a back two center backs and a back four that that clearly trust him. They have to. Because oh, yeah. he's
0: been digging them out of holes for the last 180 minutes. What What if his upcoming Europa League matches don't go well? Is it, can your mind still be changed? I mean, he can lose games. I mean, there would need to be a run of horrendous errors. Like it would need to be. So some... that's the bar.
1: No, it would need a, to be a run of horrendous errors. No, right? he would need to show himself to be not
0: capable of playing at that level, which would be surprising.
1: Which I don't think is going to happen. Yeah.
0: I mean, look, today. God, um, God, may it not happen. Before he went off with an injury, again, this is in the positivity segment. uh, You know, Gio Reyna had a nice, there was one. Uh, moment where he kind of had a nice first touch, deeped out a defender, and then played a really nice long ball to Ricardo Pepe, but he was offside.
1: It, 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 there was another time as well where physically he looked very, very strong, holding up the ball, beat, beat two players and, and maintained possession. When the ball went up the field on the rare occasion that it did. Um, well, it, it went up the field a fair bit, but we just didn't create anything. And he looked good. And then, and then the worry starts because he's hooked after a half hour. There's people tweeting, well, was this a plan? it wouldn't be a usual plan to do something like that. If it was the case that they wanted to limit minutes, they would probably bring him on. And
0: it would have been very odd for him to have kicked the ball out intentionally on a planned substitution. Usually for those, you can just wait until play stops naturally. But like,
1: pe- people are hoping that it was a it was a plan to take him off. USSF say it wasn't and that he felt tightness.
0: In his hamstring.
1: And considering his injury record... Like, tightness does not equal injury, but it is still something that, you know, you hear about it and you look at his profile, you think, take him off. It's a a big worry. And and look, Dortmund have been super careful with him Mm -hmm. um, over the past month or so. So why wouldn't the U.S.? Um, It's a concern. It's a concern, but I think you said it to me before, he's he's probably not going to play in 90 before the World Cup. If Dortmund continue to manage him like that,
0: I mean, we'll see. There's a while to go. The fact that this happened today leads me to believe, no, probably not, because now this is a thing that they're gonna. Ha- he's now going back to them. They got to deal with this now, yeah, and they're gonna be careful. So, yeah, he may not. He's a great player. God, he's a great player, but he may not at this tournament. He may not be a 90 minute player, which could be okay. There's depth um, at at those to be, positions. To be able
1: to bring on that kind of quality is excellent. A guy who's a very prescient passer, good on the ball. That is, that is a great thing to have. I
0: mean, look, ultimately, barring something unforeseen, between Polisic, Reyna, Aronson, and Weah, someone's not going to start. So, right there, you have somebody coming off the bench that we all trust in a big spot. So, that's that's something to hang your hat on, especially with a guy like Reyna, who we're, we don't know if he can give 90 minutes. I know, J.J., before you referenced Walker Zimmerman, had a bad. Um, he scuffed a pass at, some, at one point. If we're going to say the bad, we got to say the good, too. He had a brilliant Long ball to Weston McKinney, which led to a good opportunity for the U.S. One of the few in this game that McKinney, I think, uh, I think it was the one where he pushed it just wide of the net. But it all started with I, a, with like a sixty-yard uh, ping from from Zimmerman from the back.
1: Adams had a had a very had a good long ball. I think it was right before halftime to Pulisic, who just miscontrolled it, um, which reminded me of a goal that he scored uh, recently for the U.S. Long ball over the top, great first touch, went around the keeper, but. it it was concerning that we did not make more of the high line that Saudi Arabia played as well. Now, I talked a lot about the balls that went into um, DeAndre Yedlin and just ended up not, I mean, he just wasn't able to deliver a cross or the cross was blocked or something happened. uh, But, yeah, I I I thought we'd get at them more when I when I saw how they were playing. When I saw that wasn't even the first team of Saudi Arabia, we I should know.
0: know yeah, you're, you're right. It's taken us a while to get to that. That's yeah, that's I, I thought, significant.
1: I thought we'd get at them more, and and that was just a big disappointment. Even if even if it is direct, who cares? Uh, as yeah. John Giles said, there are no long balls. There are only good balls and bad balls. Good passes and bad passes. Long passes are still still worth it and we were not able to do anything but a
0: long that. pass is important because it takes you from back to front in quickly. the blink of an eye
1: quickly yeah so if you can do that well it's it can get it can a defense can. on their heels quickly and it can it can in terms of teams like Saudi Arabia it can uh, disrupt their press if done if done properly uh, any
0: other positives of
1: note no before, uh, uh, no and i think it would be wrong of us to spend any more time on this when there's other football to be discussed I, like i, I know I want to be more positive coming out of these two games. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much more I can say. You, you've heard the things we're hanging our hats on. We're hanging our hats on that the fact it's a World Cup uh, that will lift people's intensity levels, their their physicality levels. We're also hoping the fact that players come back in um, is going to do that. And we've named the players who've done well, who have been Matt Turner and Matthew Turner over the last two games, <laughs> and maybe Joe Scali. and And that's it. What else is there to say? I've I've run out of road with this.
0: Yeah. The plane um continues and we see where it lands. There will be time for us to re ramp up our enthusiasm. Certainly. And you better believe that we will. We will be we will be ready for this. But tonight, yeah, it's hard to be it's hard to be as excited as we want to be. This team has not they have not given us what we were hoping to see in this last audition. Um old so circum, be it. Old circumspect Andy and old Slightly depressed, JJ. So be it. I'll tell you what, we'll take one more break. When, we'll come, uh, when we come back, we'll wrap up with a, a couple other things going on in Europe and one uh, one MLS note that was interesting to me that I want to get out I there. I saw that. As well. Yeah, kind of a, a cool, a you, good idea, I think. You'll be surprised where I land on this one. I'll be surprised. So I guess that means you like it because you don't like a lot of things that are different. You just got to find out. All right. Well, <laughs> Stay tuned for that and more. Don't go anywhere. back again on caught offside we'll get right to it um there was an ad today in which la paper the la times i guess it was and it was uh it was pretty simple it was basically just like the the logo of lafc and the la galaxy with a a rose a solitary rose this is a full page taken out in the paper and um and it was an ad saying that the 2023 MLS season will begin in El Trafico at the Rose Bowl. Love it. And I think it's a really cool idea. Love it. Um, obviously, I'm a, I am ai
1: want to make sure that the um, integrity of the competition is kept and so that there are equal home and away games. I'm sure they'll figure that out. Um, but I love this idea. I think it's brilliant. I think it can be a real event. Um, it's going to bring... Just open up what's been a fun derby to so many more people. It's in an iconic venue. Yeah. What a way to kick off the season. The atmosphere will be out of control for it. Now, there's no way they don't fill it, is there? Uh, would, would, I is, mean, you're, are you, if you're a it, exec, are you... Oh my God, I can't believe what we're doing I here.
0: think there will be enough... I mean, look, there's enough fans of each team. But even if there's not, I think it will be enough of a thing in LA. An event. Like, that that there will be kind of a curiosity around it. There will be people who maybe aren't huge soccer fans, but kind of want to be a part of just this kind of cool moment in the city. Because neither of those club
1: stadiums even get close to that capacity.
0: No, um, no. Not I, even combined. No, we're, we're coming up on 100,000. Yeah. So, um, yeah, if you want a prediction, yeah, that place will be full. And it'll be, uh, it'll be amazing. I mean, you know, it's going to give you real, like, Red River rivalry vibes, like when Texas and Oklahoma play at the Cotton Bowl and they just split it down the middle.
1: And I hope, you know, the fans are at either end, that there's like, they're segregated so you see the mass of, of bodies. I don't want it diluted with, you know, the day trippers. I want the hardcore <laughs> at either end. Make it like one, something you'd see in South America. And I believe... I think you'll get
0: that. I think so. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Splendid. I think it's a great idea. Can you believe I like it? <laughs> I like that you're aware of your, of your sensibilities. That you knew that that would be surprising that you liked something new and different. You're working on your, your self-improvement. It's it's important. Am I a better person since you first met me? What a question. What did I think of you after I first met you? Better? I don't know. I thought we hit it off. Well, we, we absolutely did. Yeah. Um, I mean, you're you're pretty consistent, I would say. I've learned more about you, but yeah. I don't know that I would say you're better or worse. Okay. I, just, I just know the real you now in a way that maybe I didn't then. Fair enough. If that makes sense. Uh, let's see. In Europe, JJ, um, <laughs> Italy caught my eye as they continue what I'm kind of looking at, one of the most uneven periods in soccer history. I,
1: just incredibly, they, they topped their group. Uh, not incredibly. I mean, they're Italy. Really, they only lost one game. Uh, Two draws, three wins and a loss. Uh, They finish a point ahead of Hungary, who they defeated. They defeated England. They effectively relegated England from uh, League A, Group 3, from League A of the Nations League. Um, Scored, I mean, Raspadori's goal was just brilliant. It's so strange what's happened there. Um, I, I still believe that they were in decline from after the group stage of Euro 2021. They got progressively less good all the way we went through the tournament and by the final they were just hanging on. And yeah. that followed into a World Cup where they fell apart. But um, it's such a shame when you see them and the passion and their ability to still do great things that they won't be at the World Cup. It's it's not a proper World Cup in many regards because of its timing in the calendar at Christmas. In the winter, but it's definitely not a proper World Cup when when Italy aren't there.
0: It just isn't. I mean, it isn't. Easy, it isn't. Well, I'll be fine.
1: Well, you're you're predicting with your your straw clutching that we're going to win it. You'll be more than fine.
0: No point if I said that. (laughs) Uh, that No, I think stricken from the record.
1: Yeah, I think it's. uh, Yeah, there's something about something about Italy, even um, even in this Nations League campaign. uh, To to finish top has been brilliant.
0: I get what you're saying though. Games that they're involved in have an inherent bigness to them because they're Italy.
1: I mean, everyone tuned in for the Euro 2021 games that just to see them sing the anthem. That's the kind of that's the kind of uh, gravitas they bring to a tournament. Yeah. Um, Let's see. We got to talk about England. We should, Andrew. It's uh, it's 181 days uh, since England last won a match. Uh, the six-game run is the longest the three Lions have gone without a victory since 1993. And That's Gra- unbelievable. And Graham up. Taylor. Uh, it's their longest ever winless run heading into a major tournament. So they had the, the 3-3 draw with Germany. Now, let me tell you, when they were 2-0 down after an hour...
0: What were their flight attendants doing? Oh,
1: my God. They just passed out.
0: I think they were strapping parachutes to their back and jumping out the oh, door. Oh,
1: just um, let this thing go. It's gone. Um, <laughs> it was a desi- just a they played terribly absolutely terribly and now Gareth Southgate has done this thing where he as Gary Lineker and others wanted him to do let England off the leash unleash them Gareth and on comes Mason Mount and uh, Saka who just put in this brilliant Saka was outstanding talk about a game changer opened it up England go into a 3-2 uh, lead. Now, they did have help from Schlotterbeck who literally the German defender who literally tried to break the leg of Jude Bellingham in a um, and of course Kane converted the penalty. Um and then and then uh there was of course one mistake left in England after Harry Maguire's two mistakes that put Germany helped put Germany 2-2 two, two up. Um sane shot. It's got to be saved. It isn't by Nick Pope. It spills. And who's there? Only Kai Havertz to add his second after a brilliant first goal. But, uh, yeah, just such swings of emotion. Southgate out. Has Southgate figured it out? All in the same half of football. Brilliant game. A great ad- advertisement for, for the Nations League. Which,
0: <laughs> sure. why not? Um, but I want to talk about uh, Harry Maguire, who... How many guys can you think of are are this much of a lightning rod for both club and country? How, how I, w- I would, I, I'm Who else to, is in that category? I'm. Hmm. It's not
1: lightning rod though. He can't it's, escape it. Like it, with
0: United with England it's the treatment and, and the way he's perceived is the same for both fans. Why bases. are we talking
1: about perception when I would say to you how many players have you seen in a slump of error after error after error that just won't stop and you there's no end in sight. Uh, so he kicks the ball to uh, to uh, Musiala. Musiala then hacks him down yeah. and then on the second goal gives away the ball and Germany break the length of the field and score. Like it's just one thing after another for him. So, you know, I love uh, uh, British comedy, and there was a great show called The Fast Show, which was a selection of sketches. And there was one guy called Unlucky Alf. And every week, something would happen to Unlucky Alf. And this is how it would be set up. Good morning, Unlucky Alf. Good morning. No I doubt there's Alf good about it. See that down there? They're digging a bloody really great hole at the end of the road. Knowing my look, I'll probably fall down
0: that... What does he say (laughs) they're
1: digging? There's a bloody big hole, a ruddy big hole at the end of the street. So unlucky Alf would literally... He'd go, oh, I'm about to go into this tea shop. I bet it goes on fire or explodes. And he'd go in and that's exactly what would happen. (laughs) And in this case... He walks down the road, and a gust of wind blows him into the hole. <laughs> That's Harry Maguire right now. If it's going to go wrong, it's going to happen to unlucky Alf. If it's going to go wrong, it's going to happen to Harry Maguire. There's, what can go wrong will go wrong.
0: There are certain players like that where I don't know, like I don't believe in like astrology or things like that, but like... It's just amazing sometimes how the moment finds certain guys. Like, I used to think that about um, Alex Rodriguez when he was with the Yankees, how, like, there was always this enormous spotlight on him because of the controversies around him and, like, just the way the, the fan base perceived him. And it felt like, with two outs in the ninth of a decisive playoff game, he was always up. It was unbelievable. He was always up. And more often than not, as great a player as he was, he struck out in those opportunities a lot. Like The moment just found him, and it. Harry Maguire is one of those guys.
1: What's the biggest confidence-boosting win Manchester United have had in the last month? The win over Arsenal. The high-flying Arsenal. He comes on. He doesn't even start. Comes onto the field, and the first thing he does is gives away... He gets booked almost with his first action. Kicks someone up in the air. I can't remember who it was. You're like... This is incredible, and it, it, it's nonstop for him. And he I, looks, I can't believe...
0: I, I have it, so much empathy for him. Uh, oh, yeah, as do I. Uh, we're not taking joy in this. No. Um, having said that, I can't believe that there aren't other center backs preferable to him at this point well, for England. Well,
1: they are being overlooked, and we should listen to Gareth right now because we got some audio from Gareth. He is standing by his man. Not just Maguire, but Luke Shaw Luke as well.
0: Luke Shaw too. Here's Gareth Southgate. Everybody will focus on Harry, but there were some very important moments that Harry delivered during the two matches. Luke was another example of somebody that, you know, he's an outstanding footballer. So what do we do? Not pick Luke Shaw because he's not playing enough football or, or do we pick a player that can do what you saw tonight? And that's always going to raise debate. But I think um, in these moments, we've got to back our best and our most experienced players. Unless we're in a situation where, you know, it's, it's almost untenable and um, impossible to pick
1: them. Are we not there yet, though, with Maguire? Yeah. Now, you are talking about other options. Let me just throw one out for you. If you're uh, Tamori, the centre-back from AC Milan, who is a Sc- Sc- Scudetto-winning centre-back, mm-hmm. not even, can, is not even being considered right
0: now. You know, Connor Cody...
1: Is it that is it that crazy to bring these guys in? I mean,
0: I'll I'll be Spursy Andy here and tell you that Eric Dyer is better than Harry Maguire is right at centre back. Well, Eric
1: Dyer played uh, against Germany, so he more.
0: was only just brought back into the squad. He he had to re earn a spot in in Gareth Southgate's consciousness. I mean, we
1: talk about Triple G sticking with guys. This is
0: this is serious, and he's
1: you're you're looking I, I I think he'll still go, but you're looking at some at someone like Trent Alexander Arnold, who
0: he is not in the plans for
1: this team, but it doesn't it really doesn't matter whether he was in form or not. he was never in the plans he's he has an excuse not to play him now because defensively he's suspect, really suspect yeah, yeah. but even when he was playing well and he wasn't in the plans. this is a man who is not just conservative in his style of play but conservative in 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 just his squad selection, really.
0: Yeah. Now look, at least they put three past Germany to kind of and well, I know it, they went up conceding another like you said to to finish it out with it, a draw, but Oh, it lifts things. Yeah. It definitely I mean, they, they were does. down 2-0 and it was it was a, they were in a dark place. Um so but that, look, that the, gives them gives them a little something to cling to.
1: Before we get off struggles, I mean France, I mean they finished third in a group that included Croatia and Denmark, uh Austria as well. They just won one game, uh, lost to Denmark, uh very good performance from Christian Eriksen. Uh, Spain lost to Switzerland. Can happen. Um, Spain struggling with the attacking end of the field too in terms of goal scoring. But Spain
0: uh, wound up doing quite well. On they this. did, they did. But I'm just saying and they're into the final, are they not?
1: Yeah, but there's just there's still question marks over. I mean, Germany themselves have question marks. So I, I, it's not. It's not just England. England are in the biggest, most visible torpor of all the sides, but it's, yeah. you know, it's not, everyone's not going into the World Cup with a clean bill of, of form. No. Um, F- the
0: final four, by the way. I think I said the final. first Final four. Semi finals. Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, and the draw is on Friday, I believe, for the Nations League qualifiers for 2024. Right. Yeah. So you can, there will be regular qualifiers. There will also be Nations League qualifiers. If you do well in the Nations League, you can still. Get through, even if you do bad in, in qualification proper. It's
0: not confusing at all. It
1: is very confusing, but think of it as a backdoor. Gotcha. A trapdoor into uh, a Narnia. Not Narnia. Qualification. Gotcha. Um, and finally, I just want to say the goal of the season has been scored. I want, oh. I want everyone to stop talking uh, about goals because nothing... Uh, Will be uh, Sesko for Slovenia against Sweden
0: today.
1: I understood that last part. <laughs> yeah. That's all you need to know. If you, you People will say, why are you playing audio of a goal we can't see? Well, because if you think of Marco van Basten but from the opposite side and with the left foot, that's what you got. How good is that goal, Andrew?
0: He's 19 years old. Oh, plays playing with uh, for Salzburg. Salzburg, yeah. Yeah. I mean, ridiculous goal.
1: Ball over the top, over his shoulder, volleys it with the left, the inside of the left foot, in, into the far top corner from a, just a, an audacious angle.
0: Uh, one of those goals that gives you the feels. Yes. Definitely. It really did. Really did. Uh, JJ, club football returns with a vengeance this weekend. Whew, what a weekend. And it begins Saturday at 7.30 in the morning. Just a little North London derby. Hello. To set you up uh, at the Emirates, Arsenal and Tottenham. Uh, and then Sunday at 9 a.m., a little Manchester derby with Man City and Manchester United. Both of those matches I find incredibly compelling. A lot of teams coming in feeling very good about themselves. And some of whom, obviously, will be walking out of this weekend feeling not so much.
1: Yeah, it's it's a great slate of games. Those two in particular. Um, how are you feeling about the Derby, just the North London Derby? Get I your, mean, look. Let's get the vibe from the Andy man.
0: It's, I'm trying to... It's, it's almost hard to remember through this international window. <laughs> uh, but so, no, so I mean, he, last, last we saw from Tottenham, Sun put in like a 14-minute hat trick. Uh, Tottenham absolutely smashed Leicester City to bits. So it was really I mean we've talked a lot about Tottenham's performances this season and how uneven they've been. It was one of it was probably their best performance of the season so far. So obviously that's that's what you want to be going into a game like this on players in high confidence. I've seen a little bit of some of Tottenham's players on the international break. Uh Sun scored a couple, I think, for South Korea, including a really nice free kick. So maybe he's kept some of that going. I, I gotta believe he'll be back in the starting eleven, I would think. I mean, I know he came on as a sub for that hat trick against Leicester, but I think if if clearly Conte rates him as he should, as he should. Like he's one of the best players in the league. Um so I think you go with your best eleven. And so I, I think Sun is back in it. Um but that's all for Tottenham, you know, at the Emirates, that's always a tough one, obviously. That's sort of how this rivalry works. Be a
1: great game for Tottenham to really show up for the first time this season, like in a com- put for a com- a ninety minutes, for a ninety complete performance. Yeah, but be it won't be easy. Time. I
0: mean, this Arsenal team is has been very good uh, so far this season. Obviously, like like we've talked about. Um, I don't know. It's it's a tough one to call. My I mean, look, my my hunch is that this rivalry will kind of stick to form, and I think that's a tough place right now with Arsenal as good as they've been so far this year. I don't know if I can predict three points for Tottenham,
1: and uh, the match the Mank Derby is going to be a battle of the shaven heads, <laughs> Ten Hag's shaven brain versus the shaven brain of <laughs> Pep Guardiola. Look, I'm actually looking forward to that one because I because yeah. I I really there's a there's an element to Ten Hag's performances that's a little bit Solskjaer ball, and Guardiola hit will hate that. So I, I am curious. Uh, United in transition, this could be for for people who like watching Manchester United on the break this might be a big game. One more thing before we go. Sure. Uh, at Dope Gooner tweeted this out with pictures. Hey EA Sport, is there a particular reason why Arsenal's players and manager look so inaccurate in your new game? Are you not allowed to use their likenesses or something? Genuinely curious. Feel free to DM. And I thought, oh, this is just some fan having a go. I've looked at Arteta I've looked at I I can I can tell it's Arteta because he's wearing civilian clothes, so he looks like a manager. Otherwise, I wouldn't know. It's weird. And the other three players, I I don't is one supposed to be Gabriel Jesus? Is one supposed to be Zinchenko? I don't know who the other one is. They are literally just they're pro evolution soccer uh, players when they didn't have the rights. They, they 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 just don't look like anybody.
0: And it's weird because. This is the same game where I've seen still shots of Messi
1: and thought he was right beside you.
0: Yeah, and it did not look like a like a CGI figure. Uh, it looked like the real thing. So I, I don't, I don't know what happened there. I don't get it's it. A, it's it's a little strange. It's it, a little bit strange. I mean, I I had to check. I
1: mean, are they real? <laughs> and then I'm looking at all these articles. Mirror, Arsenal fans fume at FIFA 23, player ratings, faces, and Mikel Arteta's appearance. They've done Arteta dirty, Arsenal fans can't believe, FIFA 23 screenshots, Daily Mail. So it's not just, it's not just the Twitterati. They're terrible. And whoever did them, seriously. Was this like, you know when you, were, uh, when you used to work college jobs and you didn't really care about the job? And it was like 430 or four forty-five on a Friday evening, and all you can think about is getting out happy for hour, happy, hour happy, happy hour, hour, happy hour, happy hour, hour happy yeah. hour, happy hour, happy. Yeah. And you just—the next phone call or email or piece of work you had to do was the worst thing that's ever been done by human. Yeah, the most half-assed effort in the world. I mean, this must have been 4.45 on a Friday evening.
0: <laughs> I'd like to think the guy responsible for putting in Arsenal's faces in this game would would not have that feeling about it. That feels like a pretty big job. If I asked a lot of people to, are going to play with that team. If I asked you to sketch Mikel Arteta, I could do better. Yep, I could do better. Uh, last one for you, JJ, and I'm trying to get the details on it as you're speaking. I wasn't ignoring you, but I was trying to multitask. So somebody tweeted at me. Uh, Matt Scandra tweeted me the video of a free-kick Panenka. I think it was from Nico Gaetan free kick penenka a free kick penka. no such a thing well here i'll play it for you
1: all right okay i'll be the judge so you can
0: you can react to it cuz
1: let's see Oh, no, he just clipped it. That's a clip.
0: Okay. There's a, a lot of people. Just, but it's really good. He's clipped it. So, uh, like, football tweeted, tweeted it, uh, said, I didn't even realize a panenka free kick was possible until I saw this. Why? Well, w- so, Matt Matt Skandra knows my policy on panenkas. <laughs> so, he said, I need a ruling from Matt A. Gunling on this. Laudable, or do you send him right to the bench? Because that's my policy yeah. on penalties. Um, I'm okay with it on a free kick. My whole problem with it on penalties is that, like, the chances of you scoring a penalty go down when you decide to try a penenka. Yeah, I think free kick, like it's different. The odds, like I don't know what the odds are of converting free kicks, but I know that they're really they're small. Like it, they're really hard to do. So, uh, I, I I guess I'm not as harsh on trying something different on a free kick, but a penalty, like tried and true. And you'll score.
1: Yeah. But, or, or, or do what Harry Kane did. What a penalty that was yesterday. Like just oh, yeah. Right the in the top corner, corner. Couldn't have been placed any better. Made Neuer look like a nincompoop. poop. used that word again, didn't I? Like the way Neuer was moving, trying to put him off. Um, uh, Ronald Koeman against England, 1993, World Cup qualifier. The commentator, Brian Moore, calls it. So he does a panenka. He clips the free kick. And the commentator goes...
0: He's going to clip one. He's going to clip one. He's
1: going to clip one! Oh, no! And he clips it. He doesn't really hit it that hard. He just flicks at it.
0: Yeah. Well, the, the one I remember, um, Berbatov against West Ham. Did he do that? Oh, my, I'll show you. After we record, I'm going to pull it up for you. What a... That guy, man. He was What amazing. an underrated player. Like, his yeah. name does not come up enough. God, Good up. what a player to watch. It
1: always reminded me of uh, uh, Count Dracula. Just the hair. Uh, sure, the I hair. can see that yeah. a little
0: bit. A little bit, yeah. Anyway, there you go. That's it. a pod. That's, that's a pod, the, and that's the international week. The next time we'll be recapping a uS. men's national team game, JJ. <laughs> it will be after a World Cup match against Wales. That's the next one. does Michael Sheen's
1: uh, speech um, put the hairs on the back of your neck standing up through like uh, national pride or national cringe? I'm not Welsh. It's hard for me to answer that.
0: Question. Come on, boys. <laughs> So the first time I saw him do it, I started out feeling a little bit cringe about it. Yeah. But then as he went, I sort of got into it. Now that I've seen him do it again, yeah. I kind of feel like, oh, uh oh, like don't don't go too far with this. Like it, it was cool, but it could go south quickly. Yeah. Um, but I, I like the first one that I saw when he did on in he was in studio. Um, even like the English players who were on set were applauding. Yeah, I, and I was ha- like, guys, I, like, I, that's I pre- your rival. Yeah,
1: I prefer the one. In front. I, w- I would have just saved that for the team. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was obviously pre-prepared. So, what I, was
0: your impression? Can I hear it again? <laughs> I can't do Can it. Do you do it, the part no, no. where he speaks Welsh? No, no,
1: because Welsh is it, it's Celtic language, was very different from Irish, which oh, I goodness. also cannot speak. <laughs>
0: you? I've heard you suddenly oh, flip on some switch. Yeah, because we he-
1: learned it in school, but it's pidgin. It's not. It's not fluent at all. Okay. Yeah it's um no come on
0: uh, no I can't really do it
1: come on boys (laughs) that's just lads oh ye of the hills of Wales who fought the English at Merthyr and the red mist came down ye of the valleys ye go out and slap the balding head of Bearhalter
0: (laughs) Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, this was fun, my friend. <laughs> to you, I say... Take it later, fun boy. I'll see ya. Well! You've been listening to the Caught Offside Soccer Podcast.